0: In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of James by looking at James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In this section of Scripture, James tells us to listen to God. Remember in the first part of this chapter, James had talked about going through trials and the differences between people who go through those trials in a faithful way versus those that go their own way or are unfaithful to what God wants them to do in those circumstances. And as he finishes those comparisons, he reminds his readers that All of the good things that go on in their life come from God. So in this section, he tells his readers to listen to God. If all the good things you are receiving are coming from him, you should be listening to him. And so he starts by saying that everyone should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So right off the bat, James is telling us that our talking causes interference that keeps us from hearing. We have to be reminded from time to time that if we're talking, we're saying things we already know. If we're listening, we might hear something we don't know that will increase our knowledge or give us some kind of advice or direction. A wise person once told me that God gave us two ears and one mouth. And he thought that that ratio was intentional because God wanted us to spend twice as much time listening as we do talking. If all good things in our life are coming from God, but we're not taking the time to listen to Him about how to achieve more of those and experience more of those. We're constantly talking to Him or others about how things are going wrong or how difficult our circumstances are. We're going to have difficulty hearing what God wants us to know that will help us get through any of the trials we have in our life. But in the same sentence that he tells us that our talking can get in the way of hearing, he also says that anger can get in the way of hearing. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Think about the number of times that people confront us about things that they think we should do differently, ways that we could be better. Very often we get angry about those things and become very defensive, and we end up not hearing what they're trying to tell us because we're busy trying to defend ourselves and get them back for hurting our feelings. As we hear from God and we compare our lives to his scripture, there are going to be many times that our lives don't fit what God's called us to. We can't get angry about that and look for an excuse to justify ourselves. We have to humbly submit to what God's told us and allow that fidelity to Christ be our justification to make sure that we're hearing all of God's word. We've got to allow ourselves to be open to criticism. But scripture tells us how to handle that. We test everything. We hang on to what's good, what helps us, and we let go of what's bad. Unfortunately, too often in our world, we hang on to the bad and negative things and we let those affect our mindset and the way that we react to our circumstances. Those things end up dictating how we behave rather than God himself because our anger, our frustration, our disappointment are shutting down our ability to hear his voice. And right after James says this, we're told that we're to put away all filthiness and wickedness, and receive the word. James says that impurity keeps the word from having its full effect. In the first part of this chapter, he had told us that being faithful in the midst of trials helped us to develop into the beings that God always wanted us to be. We reach our maturity, our perfection, or our teleos. For the word to have its full effect in our life, We need to stay pure. We don't want impurities watering down that effect or minimizing the effect it has in our lives. So we let God cleanse us, sanctify us, so that the word can have its full effect. The work of the word of God is to save us, to rescue us. It does so by leading us to a response. It convicts us about the path that we are on and invites us to join God on his path and to follow his son, who is the king of the universe. But God's word will not have its full effect in our life if we're not submissive to his will. And so James moves from there and says, if you really want to hear the word of God, you have to look intently. And that may seem a little strange. We hear with our ears. We look with our eyes. Why is James getting these things mixed up? Well, I don't think he's confused at all. I don't think he's mixing his metaphors or any of those things. I think in both cases, he's talking about soaking it all in, letting God's word wash over us and sink deep inside us so that it becomes a part of us and affects the kind of people that we are. He's describing what the Apostle Paul calls dwelling in the Word. And James says this is important because the complete revelation of God's will in our lives leads us to freedom, to liberty. We like to talk about our freedom and our rights. We like to imagine that no one can tell us what to do. But the reality is we're all being led by something. We're all captive to something. And what God has promised is that If we let his word soak into our lives, if we allow the word of God to be implanted in us, we will be free to pursue him. Yes, it will mean we're bound to him instead of being bound to something else. But God promises us that that is the best way to live life. He is the one that created our lives and gave it to us. He knows best how to make the most of it. Do we trust him in that or do we doubt him? Do we trust him enough to do the things he's called us to do, to have the experiences he wants us to have so that we can have the best of this life and be prepared for eternity? Or are we convinced in most cases that we know better? And rather than listening to God for his instruction, we're talking to God about what we want him to do for us. But James doesn't stop there. He goes on to say that at some point, The talking and the listening has to stop, and we have to start doing what God says. I know a lot of folks who attend churches on a regular basis. They attend small group studies. They meet in coffee shops and talk about Scripture, and they're trying to hear what Scripture has to say, and they're trying to make sure that they know exactly what is intended and what is meant in Scripture, but far too many of them are content just to know the right answers, to be able to win a debate, to be able to scoff at others who don't know as much as them, but they never actually put these things into practice. James says, don't just hear what God has to say. Trust Him enough to do it. That's the essence of faith, and it's the thing that will carry through this letter of his. At some point, stop with the hearing and put into practice what you know to do. That doesn't mean we stop listening forever. I know people that do that as well. They hear a little bit, they run off half-cocked, and they stay busy all the time, but they never come back to listen for more. But James is addressing those right now who are paralyzed by their fear of thinking that they don't know enough. They haven't learned enough yet. Very often our pursuit of what God has to say is so that we can make sure that we receive the blessings that he's promised. James tells us here that our blessings come in the doing. James will talk over and over in this letter about the things we do, about the good works that God wants us to do. And it leads some people to a little confusion because they say things like, I thought we weren't saved by works, we're saved by faith. But James says right here, doing what the Word says is not a way to earn salvation, to make God owe you something. It's the vehicle that God has given you to experience his blessings. As you put yourself in God's path and join him in the work that he's doing in the world, you put yourself in a perfect position to receive God's blessing. And then James moves right from there back into discussing talking. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. What is James getting at? Just as he was saying earlier that our talking can interfere with our hearing, he's saying here that we can't say things that interfere with God's work. The work that God is doing through his word depends on us and others hearing very clearly what God wants and expects. If we're saying things that get in the way of that, that interfere with that in any way, we are deceiving our own hearts and our religion is worthless. Which leads us to another point. You may have heard people say over and over again that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And I do understand the point that they're trying to make, that we have been called to a deep relationship with God and out of that flows a particular kind of character that works itself out in particular ways in our world and are intended to be salt and light in the world and draw people to God. But I think it may be a mistake to say that there is not a religious component to Christianity, that Christianity is not a religion. That word that we get religion from just has to do with the spiritual disciplines or spiritual ceremonies that we go through that strengthen our connection with God, that honor the blessings that we've already received. But because of the way so many people think about religion, it's been reduced very often to the things that happen on Sunday morning at a worship service. What kind of building are you in? What kind of practices do you go through while you're there? What kind of songs do you sing? What kind of music is there? What kind of sermon does the preacher preach? And while those can rightly be called religious practices... James says the religious practices that God has called us to, that give us a religion that has value, is to take care of those people in our society that are marginalized. Especially in the first century, widows and orphans would have been outcast in the society, not even considered as people. They would have not had civil rights or political rights, and it would have been very difficult for them to earn a living. They were outcast. James says, find those people, those people for whom life is difficult, and give them respect and dignity. Take care of the needs they have. Ease their affliction. That is what God's called you to do. That is the religious practice that God wants. Those are the kind of practices that will let those in the rest of the world know that you are a Christian. So it's not the number of Christian memes we post on social media It's not the number of times we're seen in public carrying a Bible or arguing with people about whether or not we get to pray in public. It's taking care of people that need help, easing their affliction. When this becomes our focus, we're able to remain unstained by the world. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.